And we're live. <laughs> Painkiller Nearly, episode 43. Yeah. So, you were saying. Oh, we, we, uh, Chiz linked me to the, that new movie trailer the Mar- for The Martian, which is a Matt Damon uh, film where uh, it's not about space aliens, but it is about space travel. He's, uh, it's a NASA mission to Mars, and uh, a big storm kicks up, and all the astronauts have to evacuate ASAP, and Matt Damon gets left behind, and no one, everyone thinks he's dead. And, uh, and it's about his story of trying to survive on Mars. The whole with less time than... I'm watching it, I'm like, don't rescue that fucker. You know, you can't he... trust him. <laughs> you can't <laughs> trust him. He will, he will get, it's all He'll a trap. Yeah, he will turn on you. He'll kill you. He'll take your spot. Don't trust Matt for... Damon in space. I'm not for... I wish Matthew McConaughey was, was in this movie and he'd show up like, I don't think we should get him. <laughs> like, fuck that guy. Like, sh- we're talking about, of course, if you've seen Interstellar, um, well, I won't spoil it. He's, uh, he, he's been a traitor before, but uh, in any case, this, yeah, this movie Yeah, that's not spoiled seems, at all. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's a while before you get in there. So it, basically, it's Matt Damon surviving the, the post-storm uh, thing on Mars with less than what he should have to be able to survive. You know, it's like a 30-day habitat it or something inspiring. they were just visiting. It was inspiring because he's like, all right, I've got a 30-day habitat, and it's going to take them four years to rescue me. And he always throws with the food and stuff. He's like, so I'm going to science the shit out of this out of thing. This. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, so he starts like, all right, calculating how much food he needs to grow. And I guess he's producing oxygen with the food, too. And, and it, it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I like space movies where it's Star Trek is cool. Don't get me wrong. But at no point in Star Trek am I worried that, like, the ship's going to break down and they're all going to get sucked out into space. Like, that's they've mastered space travel in star mm-hmm. trek or at least mastered as much as as much as we've currently mastered like air travel like they've got it down mm-hmm. but in, in a movie like interstellar uh, there's even a scene where they're sitting around during the space journey and one guy goes he's, he's just like i'm just trying to wrap my head around it and the other guy's like what there's three millimeters of aluminum separating me from the vacuum and void of space and the radiation and it's just like yeah if a fucking like pebble hits us, it's going to be moving like 20,000 miles an hour or something, and it's going to rip a hole in this. And if I'm leaning against it, it's going to suck me out through the hole, like through a hole this big or something like that. We're do all you, dead. Do you remember when the Chinese blew up a satellite? Vaguely. Okay. It was maybe two or three years ago, and uh, China was testing their anti-satellite technology, which, by the way, is really significant. People don't talk about it much, but... Like, imagine how crippled we'd be if they took out our GPS system. You know, the, the American advantage in technology could be wiped out if it weren't for the satellites. Like that, that There are could, a lot of those satellites, though. I am outside my area of expertise. I just know we really need those satellites. We do. Those, and, are, those are key. Everyone does. Yeah. They, and I, I also know throughout my whole life, it seems like it's way easier to break shit than to build it. You know, like, if the U.S. were going against... Uh, China, then if they could take out our technology supremacy, it would just be a matter of manpower, and it'd be hard to beat their manpower. You know, it's it's weird to think about that that uh, that conflict because it's like, is it a no holds barred conflict? Is it like, how does it start? Who gets the first blow? And like, how is that battle fought? It, it, it I kind of think of it in civilization terms. You know, it's it's. And civilization, it's like, all right, well, we just need these two land units and a bunch of them, and then maybe a boat or two. But, but in this war, it's, it, it's so, there's so many different uh, aspects of it. There's space. You know, they could, 
there's kinetic weapons. They they could be they could have missiles in space. I know that's outlawed currently, but who knows? Like who's who's keeping track of that? China Nobody's did it anyway. You know, China sent a missile into space and took out a satellite. And the reason well, that the, the topic came up to me was uh, the United States was like, you can't do that. You can't do that because you've created so much space debris that now space travel is dangerous. Like the amount of known space debris went up by like tenfold because they blew up that one satellite into a million pieces. I wondered at the time, I'm like, are we protesting about space debris? But in reality, we don't really want them to have the technology. I think it's both, probably. Yeah, I, doesn't have. But to be yeah, one that thing. that war would be scary because you don't know what's going to happen. There would be obviously there's ICBMs, and you we could eat, we could just we could turn all of China into glass, and they could probably do the same to most of us. But then there's like the naval aspect of it, and they've got all these kinetic weapons, these uh, these uh, these kinetic weapons. It's it's not even an explosive charge. It's just a uh, a missile moving so fucking fast that its impact alone is enough to destroy a battleship or something like that. It's, uh, I don't know how that war would play out or how it would even be fought with the technology we have now, with the air power, with the long range, with the drones, the missiles, and uh, and, and the naval power and everything. I don't know. And are they able to disable things like drones by taking out satellites? And then um, the other thing is this. like, So we won World War II pretty much single-handedly, if I have my history right. And <laughs> I, Europeans, and British people in particular, love to say that the U.S. had nothing to do with it. They're like, yeah, all right, I'll give the Russians a nod, but the U.S. was not involved. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we were, at the very least, the straw we that broke the camel's back. And we we single-handedly beat Japan. The Pacific, yeah, yeah. I, not single-handedly. I mean, the Aust there were other countries. In every battle, there, were, there was a contingent of other countries. And, and you, you hate to leave them out of that. D-Day, just the, the anniversary just came by. But... You know, there were Canadians on, on, on Normandy Beach, but... The Pacific would have gone American. the same way if it was just us. Yeah, probably so. Uh, as far as I know. I, Germany, I, I, on the yeah. other hand, was something of a team effort. Lord knows the Russians were rough on them. Uh, the Russians put the, back, the, the main work in on the ground, and we bombed the fuck out of them. And so did the English, those Lancaster bombers. Uh, it was a team effort against Germany, for yeah. sure. But I feel like the, Amer the Americans did just as much of the, as the British against them, and more. Yeah, more than the British. I don't know how we... I know we didn't die as much as the Russians did. But, Definitely not. They lost like 10 million people. Oh, dude, I saw a video recently on like how, where the deaths from World War II came from. Russia died more than Germany did. They died a lot. Um, but uh, but that's not always a, a measure of how much fighting they did. You know, They might not have just fought quite as well. It was hard fought. It was, yeah. it was, it was, uh, it was fighting in cities as well. It was, it was, and it was starvation. They, they starved, you know, like they, they lost Leningrad and starved them out. And it was, it was a real wreck. But um, I had a point when I brought up the Russian thing. Oh, oh, um, one of the reasons that that went so well is we outmanufactured the rest of the planet at the time. Yeah. You know, we had we did, <coughs> Russia had better tanks. Russia might have had better machine guns. That might be something, you know, but uh, no one had more. We had more tanks. We had more planes. We, we were making planes quicker than you could knock them down. And uh it's going yeah. good. <clears throat> the entire, uh, some people don't know, I, because the History Channel is showing nothing but reality show trash now, but like, mm -hmm. we were making so many fucking B-17 flying fortresses. Every day they were rolling out. Like, mm -hmm. I, when they build planes now, <clears throat> I feel like weeks are going into each plane and lots mm -hmm. of quality assurance and stuff like that. And like, when they put a plane out, they really are trying, uh, despite, you know, disasters here and there, to put out the, a perfect piece of machinery. But back then, there were no... There's a reason there are no like 1945 Fords. 
It's because Ford Motor Company was making bombers and tanks. It's because all the automakers, every industry, uh, you know, the, the, they federalized a few, a few um, of the, uh, the industries uh, just to make that war effort as yeah. efficient as possible. They put everything on production. Tanks and bombers were rolling off automotive assembly lines. At the, at the rate that you might expect an automotive assembly line to make cars. That was our big advantage. It was, it was that we had, because of the way, the thing about the U.S. is we, we had these wide open spaces in this interconnected road system, and we needed, and everybody could afford a car. Uh, we had such a great economy. And so, well, we were in a Great Depression at the time. But we had the infrastructure there mm-hmm. uh, from, to, to make all those, uh, and the, the assembly lines to make all those vehicles and stuff that we, we had been building. And they just switched all that over to planes and weapons. Sorry about that. Taking, a, taking the edge off the ceiling fan. Getting a little chilly in here. Yeah. My ceiling fan has a switch on the wall for it. Like it's wired in. It's weird. I haven't seen it before. Hmm. Wait, now it's making noise. You either stop that or I turn you back. I'm turning it back. I don't have this all sorted out. No worries. But Sorry. anyway, yeah, that that was. Um, we're, I, I'm. I really like uh, my favorite thing about World War II to like look at and marvel at is the United States production. I, I think that uh, that was really cool, and that's what won the war for us. That and lots of brave, brave soldiers. Turn it off. Fuck it. <laughs> Want to talk about Game of Thrones? Okay. That so thing that happened was the thing I was talking about. The dragon um, scene. So spoilers, I guess. <laughs> spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, so keep that in mind. If you haven't seen the most recent episode of Game of Thrones, it's season five, episode nine. Then for the next minute or two, we're going to be talking about that. I thought it was... Coming off of it, I thought it was one of the best episodes I'd ever seen in Game of Thrones. Chiz nitpicks at it a lot. He wrote this whole like mm-hmm. synopsis, and they, he, he dissected the thing, and, and he didn't care for a couple of the, the moments. But I don't think it's fair to judge uh, it yet until the next episode comes out, because he didn't like things in particular like Ramsey. He felt it was lazy that in the last episode, Ramsey says, I don't need an army, I need 20 good men. Let me go after him in the snow. And then this episode, we just see like fires get started, but no one literally starting the fire. We just see fires spring up, and then we didn't get to see Ramsey do any cool shit. And I'm with Chiz. I, I wanted to see that, but I think next episode, maybe they, maybe we see him like up in the mountains, like looking down below at Stannis's camp or something like that. I liked it that he burned the girl. Um, I don't think I, I, I he explained his his reasoning. I really don't. I feel like he didn't have a choice. Personally, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, the lady's proven that her magic is legit. Um, if, you, if he keeps his daughter and he can stay there in the snow and die, he can try to move forward and die, or he can go back to Castle Black and sit there until the winter ends, which we all know is going to be like 10 or 15 years or something like that minimum, and probably die there too. So the girl was going to die regardless. It's just a matter of uh, do we all die with the girl? And, and he made a choice in the end that, that was a pretty nasty choice, and he burned his daughter alive. We'll see... If she like cooks up some kind of a nasty ghost with this sacrifice and it just rips the North apart, like who are they going to kill? What... Is it Bolton? I'm not sure if it's going to. In the past, it seems like she conjures up like a spirit or a demon uh, that goes and like kills one person or something like that. I'm hoping this time it's like some legit magic, like like we saw the uh, the White Walker do when he raised his hands and like walls come crashing down or snow melts. 
you know, maybe there's a fiery path that leads straight to the to Winterfell. I don't know. I, I predict next season there's a whole lot of frustration over nothing happening. <laughs> it, it's a weird thing because I'm trying to think of who she's killed before. She claims responsibility for the Red Wedding, but you know, there's other explanations for the Red Wedding, like well, Tyrion uh, Tywin signing a contract with Frey and telling him to do it. She claims responsibility <clears throat> for something else. I forget. Joffrey. Joffrey. Yep, yep. But there's other explanations for Joffrey, right? Someone put the Lord works in, his in mysterious drink. ways. Like, she, I, I, and she claims responsibility for Renly, and she was totally responsible for Renly. <laughs> yeah. She was definitely responsible for Renly, and she was also definitely responsible. Remember in the books, there was a siege that wasn't in the show where they go to take Renly's castle after he's dead, mm-hmm. and the guy who's in charge of it won't give it up. I actually think that the bastard is in there. Um, uh, the King Robert's bastard son is mm-hmm. in that castle. They won't turn him over to Stannis. And uh, I think the guy who's the, who's the Castellan or whatever, the, you know, the guy in charge at the time, he's not a king, but he's in charge of the castle's defenses and he's the leader, says something like, like fight me in single combat um, and, and that will decide this, this battle, who wins the castle or whatever, and the bastard. And I think Stannis' buddy with the missing fingers says mm-hmm. to him, I think that he's trying to save his honor here. He's willing to give up. But he can't lose his honor and surrender. He wants to fight and die. We've got many men who could slay him in single combat. But no, he once again used the lady's demon powers. She go, it goes in. The guy falls off a tower mysteriously. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure she's responsible for that one as well. So I, I believe in her power. I think it's legit. We've seen, uh, you know, the Lord of Light is also the same God who's resurrected that one guy multiple times. Yep. He's a legit God. Uh, and no, so long as we're spoiling the Lord of Light, um, I, they resurrected um, Catelyn Stark. Yeah, that is a show spoiler big time. <laughs> That's not in the show. That's not even um, in the show. That's a book. That is thing. a that is a book spoiler. <laughs> um, and uh, so so yeah, I, that was all cool, and I, I was already okay with the episode up until there. You also got a little tidbit with Jon Snow, and you got to see that basically, all right, uh, you know, the first ranger who hates him has enough honor to say. He's Lord Commander. I, I don't believe in any of this, but I'll, I'll obey my orders. He lets the Wildlings and the Giant and Jon Snow back in. There was a moment there where you thought, like, maybe they just turn away. They just turn, turn away, walk, walk backwards, and, and Jon Snow and all these Wildlings are dead in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he lets them in. That's good. They're heading towards Stannis, I can only imagine, once uh, Seaworth comes up and tells them to. But the show didn't get really good and really interesting. Go to, to like, another tier of shows until you got to the Khaleesi. Mm-hmm. Every moment of that I found good. I like the dialogue uh, between her husband <coughs> and uh, her boyfriend, Dario Noharis, like arguing over whether the big guy or the fast guy was going to win. And, I, you know, you got the payoff. He lops his head off, and it's mm-hmm. funny. And then Jorah's fighting was pretty good. The choreography was pretty damn good there. I like that he's just really suffering against the fast guy. But then when he gets against the guy with the spear, he's much more well-matched. I like that he's just not infinitely good, right? Mm-hmm. When, he play, when he fights against a guy who would basically like a... I don't know what kind of sword a that is. A saber? Scabbard? It's is not it... a foil. It's, it's, very, it's a very thin, like, whip-around kind of sword. Like, it's, it's not the big broad sword or the up. short sword. Scabbard. And it's not a long sword. That's, it's not a oh. scabbard. Uh, it reminds me a lot more of the swords from like the Princess Bride when the sword fights are all ting, 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 ting. It's like that. And he had a hard time defending against that, but you know, he, he, won, he won those fights. And then suddenly he grabs up that spear 
and fucking launches it right at the Khaleesi's box. And, it, and you see it hit somebody and they die. And you're like, oh God, did he kill the Khaleesi? Did he kill her husband? Did he kill Dario Naharis? Did he kill Tyrion? Did he kill some, like, what is he doing? And then you see they're coming. The gold, the gold masked men, you know, are what coming. What are they called? The haggard, the harpies. I don't know. Harpies. Yeah. 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 Good call. Um, and they're coming from everywhere. And she didn't bring nearly enough Unsullied to her sporting <laughs> event. She's got like 20 of them or something. Yeah. And it's just, and the fight goes on for a while. And it was, I thought the fight was great. You got, they're like, they're stabbing random people. Like I saw one part where they like stab a woman like multiple times in the chest. I'm not sure what they're doing there. It seems like the mission should be to kill the Khaleesi, the queen. <laughs> but they're just kind of killing at random. And there's dead people everywhere. Uh, but then, of course, they get surrounded in the center of the, uh, the arena. They're, they're backing them in farther and farther, completely surrounded, completely outnumbered. And I, I was like, this would be a good time for a dragon. <laughs> and suddenly, here that giant fucking dragon comes oh, in to oh. save the day, dragging people off, like, like, like raking them with its claws, and then burning maybe 20, 20 30 people. And, uh, and then you know, they start spearing the thing. I'm like, shit, are they going to kill her dragon? And then she hops on the thing's back and flies away. And uh, Chiz didn't like the CGI there, but... It was I bad. Thought, it was bad. It reminded, was it? Yeah, it reminded me of like 1990s SNL skits, the, the CGI in there. Toots the driving cat for all the other old people listening to this. Oh, that's a good one. Remember when Toots was doing the... Remember the Terminator <laughs> 2 episode with uh, Linda Hamilton? That was funny. <laughs> yeah. um, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, the book. It, it happens... There's a material difference. So in the TV show... Khaleesi jumps on the dragon and flies away, and everybody sees it. In the book, and, and, but like, everything else is kind of the same. Like the harpies, there's like chaos, etc. Um, in the book, though, the dragon comes and flaps its wings, and it tears some people up, but it also creates like a dust storm from the sand pits, and no one can quite see what's going on. Everyone's mm. running from the dragon except Khaleesi. Who goes up to it and in the book there's like this real nervous moment like is the dragon gonna eat her I... there was a bit of that in the show yes it, well you know the book it takes the show and drags 10 seconds to be 10 minutes <laughs> and uh um then eventually the dragon kind of like lets her mount and they fly away but no one sees it so there's all these rumors that she's dead there's rubens the dragon ate her there's some rumors that the dragon flew off with her in the talons and like it's not clear like it is in the shows that she like mounted a dragon and now she's a freaking dragon warrior s and another thing that's different if i have my facts right and i, I think i do her husband isn't killed in the melee instead there's like a power vacuum left in the city and her husband seems to be like the ruling until she comes back well that won't be happening this time <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that motherfucker's dead um, they stabbed him a lot of times. Because in the sucks. book, you're like, look at this. A new player to the Game of Thrones. This guy owns the city. There's all these armies here. He's He has the people that were loyal to Daenerys and the people that were loyal to him, the Harpies. And, you know, he's got a lot to manage. It's kind of like managing Iraq where half the people hate you, but they are under your rule. And, uh, and that I hope I have it right. And that's the guy who's actually leading it. But, yeah, he kind of holds this power. He, he filled the vacuum while Daenerys is thought to be perhaps dead well but not in the show i like the episode um the cgi definitely could have been better i didn't mm. think it was terrible but maybe i should watch it again um 
And I'm looking forward to next episode because everyone seems to be saying that there's a massive thing that's happening next episode. Uh, I know that one of the the co-author of one of the books who writes with George R. 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 Martin, mm-hmm. uh, she tweeted something like, she tweeted something like, since D&D, who, who can only assume are the producers or creators of the Game of Thrones television show, he, she was like, since they are fine with, with like, uh, spoiling it for book readers, um, maybe I'll throw a few spoilers out there for next episode and episode 10. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, really? What a cunt. Like, like I, I didn't, I didn't notice any book spoilers, but I can, I'm sure there were. If she says there were, I guess maybe the, maybe one of the things that that happened earlier in the show was a spoiler for future epi- for future books or I, something. I, I feel like we, we've learned some stuff about the White Walkers that that aren't in the books. Um, okay, you know, like I'm just the Valerian Steel Sword doing well against the White Walkers. That's I think that's is it. Yeah, it's 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 a small thing. There's this part where I think Sam's in the middle of it. He's read something or another, and maybe he's talking to Jon Snow or some other character. And the consensus is the consensus is that like we're not going to be able to get enough Valyrian steel to be effective here. Like, oh, I do he, someone says like that. someone says something to the to the nature of like, oh yeah, well let's just go to all the lords of Westeros. I'm sure they'll give us their priceless heirloom swords to 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 fight at the wall to a bunch of rape, rapers and thieves. <laughs> You know, it's just never going to happen. Nobody's going to, you know, Sam Tarley, his dad owns, uh, has well, one of those cool Valerian definitely swords. Definitely think about where the White Walkers come from, right? They're, they're babies that they convert into people and they grow up and have a society. Like, that's not in the book. Hmm. Um, I don't know what she was talking about there. Yeah, I, I don't either. And I don't want to know. Like, uh, definitely. Uh, I, I don't like spoilers. I, I got a little bit of a spoiler from 4chan. There was a thing that said, how do you feel knowing that this little shit's going to die tonight? And it turned out to be the little girl. And there was a picture that I like looked away from really fast. Of, and I could tell someone was going to get burned. So I was kind of sure it was her. But I thought it might be Ramsey. I thought maybe Stannis captures Ramsey and burns him. Like, that'd be nice. And I, like, like, I'd like oh, that. Oh, I... In... Nah, nah. And I don't want to spoil the got next any, episode. Yeah, yeah don't. Yeah. See, see if he's got any king's blood in him. Uh, <laughs> burn his ass. He does. Out. He's got some king's blood in him, right? Yeah, a little he's, bit. He's yeah, Bolton's bastard. Sure, that counts. Yeah, burn him. Uh, I'd like if they burned him, but maybe he survived it and he was all burned from now on, something like that. Ooh. I don't know. I'm looking forward to the next episode, though. That'll be cool. Uh, I, and this season will be over, and I'll start my book reading again. And, I'll, uh, uh, I might finish. So I have like five and a half hours left in the book now. And I think I can. The challenge is this. Hope's last day of school is tomorrow. And that accounted for an hour a day. So I'll have four and a half hours to finish sometime. And I'm not driving anymore. I like to listen to it like uh, Kitty's got a pretty nice stereo system. And I've listened to it just playing in the house while I'm like, if I'm like cleaning the living room, uh, like mm-hmm. running around, like straightening stuff up, like I'll just have it playing loudly in the house. And uh-huh. I don't think anybody likes that, but I don't really, I really don't <laughs> care. I'm meeting a painter in Apex. This is not ah. a good show topic, but um, we're prepping that house for sale and that involves painting the walls and fixing some like holes and stuff like that. Not like big holes, but like where you'd hang a picture, make it look nice and fresh and good. And uh, so it'll be at least an hour to take Hope to school and drive back. And then it's about an hour and a half to go to Apex and back. So that's two and a half hours right there. That'll take me down to three hours total. And I can find three hours. Yeah, 
yeah, okay, that'll be done. good. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to get back into it soon. Uh, like I said, I just wanted to finish the, uh, the show off before this season of the show. Uh, it, it, I didn't need double Game of Thrones to keep my, my appetite uh, satisfied. But I feel like once the show's over, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start missing it, and that'll be a good time to get back into it. Yeah. I was, I don't know, I, I, just, I wanted to know all the stuff. That's what I had a deep-seated curiosity to know the stuff. And uh, throughout most of the season, I felt like I was ahead of the books. And uh, I want to stay ahead. You know what I also want? I want, to be, I want to know everything so that I can participate on the subreddit. Mm. You know, I, 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 all, I oftentimes see uh, posts from the uh, A Song of Ice and Fire subreddit that are, you know, they, they're always labeled with spoilers all or spoilers show aired or spoilers mm. book. You know, they let you know going in. But I'd love to be able to click them all because there's lots of funny stuff in there. They, they, they find little moments, little quirks that are similar or dissimilar uh, from book and show. And I like and that. If you're a show watcher and you watch like the theories and stuff, you know, they haven't laid that out for you. But if you're a book reader and you want to know like the, show, the theories and stuff, then, you know, it's just something you didn't think of on your own. They put together some pieces, and it's like, ah, right, right, right. Yeah, so. and uh, the, the next book, I would bet anything, comes out next year in the fall. I bet we are like 13, 14 months from a new book. Really? He's, I, I've heard he's been quoted as saying he's doing everything possible or anything possible to get the book done but for next year. I know he's got a co-author. Um, it seems like he's on the grind to get this book done, and he better be because... Well, we all know he's just not going to make it. <laughs> he, he's not going to make it to 2020 or Dude, anything like I, that. Oh, gosh. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to bring up this next topic because that is a segue. Um, Chiz and I have reached a new level of, of uh, civilization. Uh, no lifery, I guess. We joined a Steam group called uh, No Quitters. It's like Civilization No Quitters. And uh, yeah, I know. I saw. I knew. I knew. You knew? knew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was way ahead of you. Oh my God, it's not well, maybe, a segue. <laughs> or I was at least on uh, keeping step. I knew exactly what you were saying. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that too. Um, what was I fucking saying? Oh, we joined this No Quitter Steam group, and basically the deal is they play Civilization Five multiplayer, and no one quits. And if you do quit without a reason, they kick you out of the Steam group, and then you don't get to play anymore. And they're all multi- it's all they're all multiplayer Civ players. And uh, I've seen some videos of them. The filthy robot, he streams and makes videos. And he, he's the number one multiplayer player in the world, from what, I've, from what I understand. Uh, and just watching him play, the kind of micromanagement that uh, he employs on his cities and stuff is just next level. I've learned a lot of stuff watching him. Uh, nowhere near as good as him. Uh, I don't have the patience to be like... Like, he'll be right in the middle of a war, and he'll get all of his war stuff done. And then he's back to, like, his 18th city, like, making sure that its granary is going to come out at the, in the most efficient way. And it's like, at that point in the game, I don't give a fuck about that granary way back there, but he, he's like, uh, should I work the wheat tile or the stone tile? And he's like locking tiles, and it's, it's all uh, super micromanaged. This but anyway, sounds boring. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> really boring. Uh, for like, me, I'm just all right, all the war. And then he takes the time to spend 35 <laughs> minutes oh. maximizing his production on his 18th third of a city. Second. That's the other thing that's neat about watching him play is he's clicking. It's click, 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 click. He's got a really loud mouse. For one thing, like when I scroll my wheel, it's, uh, you can't even hear it. It's silent, right? Mm -hmm. On his, it sounds like it's like click, 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 click. And I feel like it's a special sieve mouse or something. But when he's <laughs> clicking stuff, like you know how many pop-ups there are and it's always dragging you places. He's like clickety, clickety, click, 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 click. 
when he goes to like pick a religion, he's like click 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 close click 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 close city 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 this unit that unit building 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 tile 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 wow. click click click. You make me want to watch him. Does he's he stream good. a lot? I'll, uh, he streams Civ um, every Saturday, uh, but he posts the videos up on his YouTube channel. Oh, um, maybe I'll watch it. It doesn't have to be live. And uh, but anyway, we played this game, this no quitters group, and I was a little intimidated going in. I, I didn't know because I've watched his videos and they're very warlike. Like nobody sits back on their laurels and like you know Sim Cities was what they I call love it. Sim Citying in Civ. But you're right, they. I don't like people who pick on people who Sim City and Civ. I, I don't like that. I like I don't like it when people. I feel like it's elitism. They're like scoffing at the guy who was trying to build wonders instead of crossbows as fast as possible. But. We did pretty well. Um, Chiz and I, uh, I, we held our own. Uh, the game ended up freezing, of course, you know, three or four oh. hours, five or six hours in. But I was leading in points at the time. Really? Yeah. I had, um, I had four or five cities. I had a massive army. They were coming for us, but it was going to be a stalemate. I feel like it was going to last, you know, another f three or four hours. I feel like I was ahead. So you belonged in the game without a doubt, though. Like, I definitely belonged in that can't game. can't say you were going to win a game that didn't finish, but you were a player. Oh yeah, I had I had I had a I had a thousand scores. Second place like had like eight hundred score, and then it just went down from there. Um, so th I, mean, I think we're gonna play some more in that Steam group. That's uh, that's fun, and they don't quit. That's for sure. Like people, I'll see people whining in those streams, trying to quit. They're like, "Look, man, I'm really not effective in the game anymore. Just let me quit." And, and they'll do a vote, and one guy will be like, "Nah," and he'll be and, and so his goal will be like to go kill that one guy. He's like, "Well, let me go kill Rome, and then his vote won't matter anymore." Yeah, and, and then. But then the other players won't let him go kill Rome. They won't give him open borders to like get over there to do it. So it's uh, they get they get pretty pissy sometimes. I've seen that filthy robot guy like that scrub play, fucking scrub play. See, this is what I got to deal with these scrubby dubbies. He's like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, on one hand, I got these two scrubs teaming up and rushing me from the left, but I got to build science to fight this other guy who is an elite player, and he'll do both at the same time. He'll, he'll, he, I've, I've literally seen him fight off two players. Like, they show up on his boards with 10 crossbows and like five or six other units. And he's like, Well, I'm going to lose this city, but I'm going to kill all those units and take it back. And two hours later, he's done it. His, his, uh, his unit control is so good. Um, he knows so many little quirks about how the units rotate in and out, like swapping positions and healing and stuff, and just how to, how to like concentrate fire on one unit and get, get kills rather than wounding a lot of units. That it's real. I would hate to have to play against that guy. I, I really hope I don't get matched against him ever. I really don't want to. I think a lot of people would be like, "Yeah, I'd love to play with Filthy, but I know it all." Yeah, especially like in a no quitting game. Yeah, yeah. He's Civilization is a game that hurts to lose. It is long, slow, and painful. It's death by fire, a yeah. little fire. <laughs> yeah, they bake you to death. Like, yeah, it's roasted marshmallow rolls. fire stuff. There, it, it's it's not it's not a good death, and it's it's long and it's hours yeah. and. Uh, I just, I, I shudder to think about it, but, um, yeah. Oh, Collins in parkour camp. Ah, is that, so I know he goes to like a, a weekly thing or something like that where they do parkour. This is different though. Is it the same group of people or is it uh, a separate parkour group? Same group of people. So here's the biggest thing for us. Colin has like a separation anxiety. Um, you know, he, he does, doesn't do well by himself. He's afraid to be. Afraid to be alone, like even in this house, which you know to me is you know it's our home, right? We're all cool with it. No, he'll be like if he recognizes that there's like no one else nearby, you know he's looking around and uh, you know he's panicked, kind of. And um, I don't like being alone either. 
<laughs> it even started in Apex and uh, it's not right. So uh, we've been trying to sort of work through that with him. And one of the things we did is we made him comfortable with more parkour, parkour coaches. He used to just be all about Coach Nick and we're like, we got to send him on different nights so he knows the other people. And now they're doing these camps and uh, he went to camp today for the first time by himself, all day camp, rocked it, came home, he was completely happy. When Jackie showed up, he wasn't like, it wasn't like Americans coming to rescue the French in World War II. And he's, oh my God, thank God you're here. He's just like, hey mom, yeah, I've been doing parkour all day. And uh, just, just rocked it. So, um, so that was really cool. And then, and this is only a two-day thing, but since we've had kids, we've had kids all the time. All the time. Much more than anybody else I know of. Uh, one of the things that makes us unique is that we moved away from our friends and family. So we're out here in North Carolina kind of doing it all solo. Whereas most people that have kids have, you know, like grandma and grandpa, you know, a bunch of built-in babysitters, sisters and stuff. A and structure then, of support. Right. And Colin in particular, through most of his life, really, <clears throat> we, we haven't been able to leave him with random sitters. We could leave him with hope. But, you know, that's something where we might go out for a little bit. I... I can't remember any other time where like, and oh, and, and Colin's homeschooled. That's another thing. You want to talk about being with your kids, Colin's homeschooled. So he's with us all the time, all the time. And today Hope was in school and Colin was at parkour because he finished his homeschool for the year. And uh, it was just like, wow, holy smokes. We're, we're like testing out the empty nest for a few hours. Never had this before ever. And that was kind of a cool thing. So. You walk around naked for a while. I fucked her. That's <laughs> yeah. In the Game of Thrones room. She initiated. No, it was in the master bedroom. Uh, but uh, yeah, I she, feel like, you know what would really t like t uh, top off the Game of Thrones room? If you had an enormous table that was carved out like the map of Westeros. I'm just, I would love to have one of those. Dude, That'd be so, sick. I, I, I do like that idea, actually. <laughs> it, we have a pool table in the Game of Thrones room, which is pretty neat. I have this thing. Uh, I, I can only point one camera at a time. So here's the people. I have a map of the world on the side, which I'm going to show to you next. I have two cameras. One's for Kyle and one's for everyone else. But that's my map of the world. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And, um... I don't know if you remember, but you, like the first painkiller already, how bad the echo was in here. Like all there was was my computer desk and a chair. And since then, I've been like putting these canvas paintings on every wall. Like that one, you, you know, you've probably never seen before. But that whole wall is virtually covered with like not sound sound absorbing stuff. This wall on this side is sound absorbing. I've got curtains and shades now and on the thing and the carpet and this leather chair. And uh, I feel like my echo, like I don't really have a, Echo, eh, it can get better yet. Bit. Yeah, but um, but it's way better than it was, and uh, we're not done yet. I feel like you need like a uh, maybe like a Barca lounger or something in the corner, so like you could take a nap or something. Oh, you do. You, do you have like a futon over there or something? I have a reclining leather chair. That's exactly right what there. I was thinking of. Yep, yep. Oh, come on, you can't sleep in that, dude. It's way better than you think. With uh, those wooden armrests. All right. I feel like you want it to be really cushy and like absorb you like wings couches. Hang in there. Okay. Let's see what we got going on here. It's heavy, so it doesn't move that easily. Holy fuck. That's what she said. Oh, 
Okay. But sometimes I put Netflix on this giant monitor. Lay this shit out. It's so comfortable. Okay. I'm sold. That looks pretty comfy. When we were shopping, um, like we were sitting in chair after chair after chair, and Jackie's like, oh my God, this is the one. And uh, we sat in it. You'd, someday you'll come over, you'll sit in it, and you'll be like, yep, that chair rocks. Cause, Fair enough. Because it does. I, uh, I got some crazy stuff in my P.O. box today. You want to see? Yes. Let me run and grab it. I'll just be right back. I'm afraid I might get poison ivy. I'm super like allergic to poison ivy. I didn't even know there were people who weren't super allergic. Like as a kid, I would get poison ivy just like by not even touching it, by like being in the area and such. Like it I could catch it through the wind. And that was something that, that most people couldn't do. And um, I could also get poison ivy by eating cashews, which is a sign of people who are like mega allergic to poison ivy because they're in the same family. If I ate too many cashews, I would, I would get poison ivy. I'm not quite as bad now, but I was weed whacking uh, like on my property and I think I weed whacked poison ivy in shorts and just splattered it on me. And we'll see how bad this gets. All right, what do you got? <sighs> No, <laughs> that that guy had to have one of those like laser CNC things. Maybe he might have had it made. Uh, I'm it's not sure. It's perfect. I think he I think he has access to a laser burner thing. Does it look burnt by chance, or is it stained? It does look like a laser. There, it looks like there's lots of horizontal, very tiny horizontal lines carved in. Um, so that's cool. I think Ki that's for Kitty. Actually, she's gonna put that in her office. <laughs> Uh, and then I got this motherfucker. Oh my god, it's big. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's fucking huge. Like, like it's, it looks thick too. Like it, it's, it, it's good quality. Yeah, yeah. I pictured it being really thin and cheesy. It's like a giant glob. Oh my god, it's so giant. I need to get a PO box. I'm excited about it. I wonder if I'll get anything cool. I um I also got like a big box of candy, like a like a shoebox full of candy. Um, one of them was these tiny penis candies. They ca that was actually a second. I got two packages of candy. One was these tiny dick candies, mm -hmm. and it was like here, suck a dick or something, or like eat a dick or something like that in the letter. Um, Perfect. So, yeah. Every time I go there, it's uh it's something neat. I check the PO box a couple times a week because it's a little bit like Christmas. I got something uh, today. An annoying oh. annoying Christmas. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, my Leatherman came in today, Ooh. so I am going to try and show you guys the Leatherman. It's much smaller than I thought it was. It's two inches and one-eighth wide. A squirt. It is the Leatherman squirt. Are you familiar with this? No. So uh, here, I'll go through the tools real quick. Uh, it has a knife, and you can see like next to my finger. It's really small, but for opening boxes, it might be just the ticket. I have this thing that I don't like heavy things in my pocket. This might be, I, I wish it was maybe like 25% bigger. This is perhaps a screwdriver. I, I guess they call it that. And a, a file. It's like fine and coarse file. So that's kind of cool. On this side, there's three tools. One is the scissors. Uh, on YouTube, they say these scissors are great. Uh, they seem to work well, but I can't imagine using them for much more than like a stray string on your clothing. Uh, and then it has this guy. 
I know what this is, but I didn't know until recently. This is a two-dimensional Phillips head. Have you ever, like, I thought it was just like a bad poking tool or something, mm -hmm. but it fits in there and kind of works a Phillips head like it's a screwdriver. It's still auto-centering, but it doesn't I've never have... seen one, but I, I, I understand how that would work. Yep. That's neat. And then the last thing, if I can get it out, is like a bottle opener screwdriver combo. Oh, wait, there's okay. one more thing. Of course, it's a Leatherman, so it comes with pliers. So, uh... This, oh, oh, and then last but not least, I had it engraved. So it says Woody's Gamer Tag on it, which I'll show you too. Nice. They come in multiple colors, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I like the blue. I'm happy with my choice there. But um, it's really small. We'll see how it works over time. It's my new pocket thing. I, I've talked about this before. Uh, I felt like I was using my knife for cutting, but then for everything else too. You know, if a screw needed to be turned, uh, if I needed pliers, like... I'd, I'd use the blade in my thumb to sort of, you know, create like a grip sort of thing because it was better than just fingernails or skin. And I'm like, you know, I think what I really want is a multi-tool. There are so many times when I find a little thing that's loose and I, I don't want to go all the way to my toolbox for stuff. So we'll see. I, I might end up buying a bigger multi-tool at some point. We'll, we'll figure out how this works. But as for right now, I was super excited when it came in the mail. I've been waiting for a while. And they got the billing right. They billed me... Not they billed me, but there was like a there were two pending transactions, and I'm like, did they double bill me? And then they both got wiped out, and then I saw the tr like the correct amount got posted, so they billed me the right amount, and I'm like, I think that means it shipped. It should come any day now, and it came today. I um, it's a completely different topic, mm. but uh, I, I I found this subreddit for people who slow cook stuff, like in you know slow cookers, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I think I'm gonna get really into that. I, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to start, my mouth is watering right now thinking about the potato soup we're about to make. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. You can put a and whole chicken tomorrow. in those things. Like how long is a slow cook? Three, three or four hours. Yeah, it'll be tomorrow or I'll stay up all night either way. It, it yeah. depends. It's, it's going to be really tasty potato soup. It's 10, 15 at night right now. So. God damn, is it? Jesus. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I didn't even... Just for people that want to know. I used to like it that there was a clock behind me. Like I felt like it was just an interest. Not whether the clock, but my TV would sometimes flash the time. And uh, it would like, yeah, people knew what time it was. I thought mm -hmm. it was an interesting little piece of the show. But I don't have that anymore. Well, oh, I didn't. Go ahead. I don't know if we should. Should we talk about this? Or would that just in, you know, get other people to try to do it too? Um, I don't care if other people try. What's the what's the number? Twenty five hours. Do you think that's long? Yes, I think that's long. It's super long, but I think it's one of the more achievable things that we could do. I guess we'll just tell everyone. We yeah. are contemplating going after the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest podcast. It's only, it's like 24 hours and change or 25 hours and change, one of those. And that is a long podcast. But I feel like we could do a 25-hour podcast, get in the Book of Guinness. Hey, Kyle, what if we got it sponsored by Gamma Labs? How much Made, would they pay me? I don't know. <laughs> I want it to be extra profitable, but it seems oh, like... Oh, I it, see. The Gamma Labs. I get it. I get it. Yeah, get it. right? There's a tie-in there. They could keep okay. us awake. They could ship product to everyone and get us some cash. And I, I, I'll drink the Gamma Labs, but I'm really going to be snorting Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> I will, 
I, I won't snort it, but I would take a few, I think. Uh, I think I'd I, take a couple Adderall at the beginning and maybe another one about some. halfway through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so, yeah, I, I, I'll do it. Um, I do it, else, too. We need to figure out how to like get in touch with them and stuff like that. Yeah, that's the other thing. You got to get in touch with them beforehand and make sure that they're even interested in like noting our achievement. If they're like, ah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we don't really do those every year. Every three years, we open the books on that one. It'd be a shame if that were the case by some weird uh, coincidence. Yeah. But like, if they're like, yeah, okay, go for it, then I guess we'll go for it. Uh, there's there's another way. Apparently, like the longest <sighs> RPG stream ever is also like twenty five hours. The longest. It was strategy what? game is what it was. I said RPG, but it's actually oh. strategy game. And uh, it's Wait, Minecraft. Wait, can we play Civ? <laughs> okay. You could play Civ. Yeah, someone was like, what? So two Civ games? <laughs> and, uh, um, you could, could play Civ, Civ and break we it. Could play, we could play Civ and we could uh, not be so warlike. We could play like an information war game. But like, the, we could go all the way to like crazy shit. I heard about this on um, the, uh, the Woodycraft Skype call. And there's like a Skype call for a bunch of staff members who talk to each other. And uh, they're like, we could do this to promote our faction server. I was like, oh, that's a neat idea too. So like do a 25 hour stream and get in the Guinness Book of World's Records. Well, I don't know if I can play Minecraft for 25 hours. (laughs) You can stop by. (laughs) So yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, Yeah, this stuff is supremely unhealthy. It's not just staying awake. It's all the like gamma and adderall and whatever caffeine and such that i'll be taking all the performance enhancing drugs that are involved in breaking these records it's it's really not that awful i guess when i really think about it because i'm just going to be sitting here most of the time talking and i'll have food you know there'll be like three meals during this thing i I would imagine yes Uh, i'll probably like have a cup bring the keurig down here and just keep cranking out i'm thinking flip it onto the laptop cook a meal we could all do cooking in a stage of this thing I'll take you I'll, to my kitchen, show you around. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. It could, yeah, we're going to need stuff to fill time. Um, 25 hours of talking. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it's I a could, lot. It, we can do it. Um, I, and I'm willing to try if, if Taylor's on board and we need a couple of guests probably like maybe like you, you book a guest for thir- for fri- for Thursday and one for Friday I guess like they'd show up and we'd all be just like dark circles <laughs> and worn out like hey boogie how's it going we do it for 12 14 hours or something by the time he shows uh, yeah yeah I, I guess I'd be willing to, to, especially if we'd get in the Guinness Book of World Records, because I think that'd be a nifty little uh, achievement. Uh, Dude, I'd love to have that plaque hanging behind me. And we might as well push for like 30 hours, right? Right. Yeah, you make it a little tougher to break. Make, make it so someone else see it and sees it and goes, ah, fucking, I don't want it. Yeah, like, like that's a day and then six more fucking hours. Like, like we could start now and then tomorrow. We still wouldn't be done. Like we'd have to keep on going into till like six in the morning if we started. Yeah, so that'd be good. And and also I think we would have it would be smart to uh, to not start at eight p.m. at night to start at like in the morning. Mm-hmm. Start like when we, we st- wake up. If we if we started when we woke up and we made sure we got you know our eight twelve hours of sleep. I wake up in the morning. I don't know what, what when do you wake up. It really it varies from day to day. Like there's some days when I, I like last night I stay up till five a.m. I stay up I. I I, uh, my girlfriend went to bed at like one. We stayed up watching Sopranos, and then I tried to go to sleep. I slept for maybe an hour, and then woke up and just was energized again. And I kind of laid there in the darkness for another half hour, the whole time thinking about playing Civ. Uh, I, I was like, 
I'd like to play as Arabia. They get a lot of cool shit. Yeah. I play on Deity, get my horse archers, and I'm just like thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow, get your sleep. <laughs> and then like another half hour goes by, and it's like two in the morning, and I'm just like, I could knock that game out in two hours if I play fast. And then, and then the next thing I know, I'm sitting here clickety-click, clickety-click till 5 a.m. And uh, so I woke up today at 11.30. So, I mean, when I do that, when I stay up till 5 or 6, I don't sleep through the whole day. I generally try to get six, seven, eight hours of sleep and then get going. Uh, probably more efficient when I do that. When I go to bed at like midnight, I might sleep till noon or something like that and get like 12 fucking hours of sleep. And, mm. uh, and I don't think that's... Much I'm like more. an ex-smoker on this. Like, like, not only am I sleeping normal hours, but I'm like, how dare you not sleep normal hours? What the hell? Like, you know, dude, I spent years having kind of work just regulated. You know, I'd be up all night doing stuff. I'd stream till four, sleep until ten. You know, like, I think there have even been times when Jackie's out of town, and my sleep schedule like flips the clock. Right? You know, like. All of a sudden, I worked a graveyard You're shift. You're nocturnal. Yeah. I've gone, I've gone nocturnal for long periods of time. It is not healthy for your social life or your body. Um, and, like, and, but, I'm sorry. I cut you off. And you were doing great. But you're nocturnal. And then like, I'll like, get my sleep schedule back on track. But I know in my heart, like I don't have a healthy sleep schedule. I'm collapsing at 10 p.m. because I'm exhausted. And that sounds right. You know, it sounds early to bed, early to rise, but really, you know, I, I just, I fucked up so much, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, you were yeah, talking about being nocturnal and how bad it oh, is? Yeah. Oh, there was a time when, like, I, um, I was really focused, so my, my bedroom faced the sun rises in the east, right? Mm -hmm. East and sets, and I don't want to pull a wings of redemption here. You have it right, fucking, sets west, not, rises east? Forget about the rotation of the earth and time zones and bullshit, but... Um, <laughs> You know, it, it was it was rising and uh, hitting my window first thing, and mm -hmm. there were trees there, so it was just like as soon as it like peaked uh, over the curvature of the earth, it's just like right into my window, at, and you know, very early, and I was staying up all night playing COD four and shit, and making videos at the time, so I blacked the window out. I and blackout curtains weren't enough. I got blackout curtains, and there was a little shining in around the edges that would reflect around. So I took cardboard and I duct taped it to the window. So if you looked at the window from the outside, it was literal blackness because the cardboard was I, I painted the cardboard black because I felt it like it looked really white trashy for it to be like brown <laughs> cardboard that said Amazon on the side. And if you looked at my window, um, so I literally blacked my fucking window out and I would wake up and have no idea if it were 4 a.m. or p.m. And it could be either. It totally could. There were times when I'd wake up at 6 p.m. and be like, all right, let's start the day, you know. <laughs> And uh, that's just not good for you, especially it's really when not. it changes. Like uh, here I am with my, you know, reformed, you know, passing judgment. But but yeah, it's nice to wake up early and go to bed on time. And, and I feel like I have my act together. And I, I do outdoor stuff now, like a, mostly yard work or whatever. But I really enjoy like making improvements or I fix something outside on the house. And uh, in the morning, it's hot in the summer here. Like I'm looking at our highs, 87, 87, 90 are the next yep. three days. But in the morning, it's 70. And 70 is beautiful to be outside. So it's like if you wake up on time, then, you know, it's 70 out. You can do your thing and then come in for lunch. And that's the outside part of your day. It, and it's, it's really nice. It's, it's good. I eat breakfast outside on the porch 
like three or four times a week now. And, uh, you know, I get breakfast in bed a lot, or at least I did. And it sounds awesome, right? But it's a little bit like having a bad sleep schedule or being nocturnal. You might think that's awesome too, but in the end, you're a slob who's eating breakfast in his bed quite a lot. And uh, the unspoken part of this is that when I get breakfast in bed, sometimes it's a really sweet act of aggression. You know, like Jackie will, will more or less have in her head like, this guy. Time to wake him up. It's time to get this. It's time to wake this guy up. I'll give him. I made you some frosted flakes. <laughs> it was usually better than that, you know, pancakes, French toast, or you know, toad in a hole is my new favorite. It's some sort of thing, uh, egg bread thing. But um, uh, she, you know, she made me a nice. Oh, bread on or eggs on toast was probably the most common out of all eggs on toast with jelly, and uh, um, but it's because after I have breakfast in bed, typically I'm up. It's like all right, well now I'm awake. I'll get out of bed. And, uh, and there it is, a very sweet act of aggression. Time to get this guy out of bed. If I've got to get up, I, I usually tell him, you know, I set an alarm and everything. But I'll usually have my girlfriend or some like, bring me some coffee. Uh, like, she gets up earlier than I do anyway. So I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, i got to get up at 7. Will you bring me some coffee at 7? And that way I'll sit up in bed and, like, sip this stuff for, for 15 minutes. And, like, that'll keep me from just laying my head back down. And eventually it'll perk me up. Caffeine doesn't affect. It takes a lot of caffeine to, to have an effect on me. Um, is to are is she working outside the house now or she she does the etsy thing right mm-hmm. that's i, I it feels like that's becoming more common than it was before like lots of people firing up tiny little home businesses and uh i know she's not making trillions on it but yeah i think she made like 30 35 3600 last month something like that um kitty gave her some pointers on how to streamline things a bit i think and uh uh, I think she was having issues with uh, shipping and uh, keeping her supply of uh, stuff up. But, yeah, I think she's doing okay. And it's it's kind of an interesting, like, environment we got going on over here because everybody kind of works from home in a way. Um, you all have so non-traditional all- jobs. You all have yeah. flexibility in your schedule. And, like, in my, my – I lived in a world for two decades where no one had flexibility of schedule. Everyone was like in their cubes, looking at their monitors, doing their thing. We were like, I'd show pictures of this floor with just like, I don't know, 100, 200 cubes is hard to count. Probably 250 cubes, you know, all as far as the eye can see in this big building. And they're like, I thought stuff like that was just like a joke in movies. But no, we're like a human freaking like intellectual property production facility. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's like a comfortable version of abuse, right? Like all the matrix, like you're all cat, like, you know, you're all cattle out there getting milked or something, just sit in your stalls. Thank you. That's what I couldn't verbalize. Like we're all cattle just being milked of intellectual property. And, you know, cause I was writing code or whatever. And, uh, like for decades and, and it, it, I described it as soul sucking, you know, and it is, it's not that I'm being abused. Like my chair is ergonomic. My desk, I've got nice monitors, my computer. I got a new one every year. I, you're just, you're just not being stimulated. The air conditioning was good, but like, it's just like cattle, right? You know, if they could just suck like from your brain, that would be a more efficient way of getting what they wanted from us. And, uh, um, you know, it wasn't until like the YouTube thing popped up and I'm like, God 
damn, you know, like there's another world out there. I didn't know this was an option. And meanwhile, like you and, and like all three of you, you Kitty and, and your girlfriend have this, like you found a way to keep yourself going without submitting to that environment, which is yeah. really neat. I know, I know the girlfriend uh, doesn't work well in like standard working environment. She doesn't like having a boss. She can't, she doesn't get along well. She doesn't play well with others. Nobody does. Uh, yeah. Well, Who does? Who likes having bosses? I, I don't think anybody likes having a boss, but I think there's, I think there's some like comfort to that. That's like traditional work environment. Some, uh, some, uh, some sa- sort of it's sort of a safety net if you've got a, a job where it's stable work environment and there's the whole four hundred one k retirement plan insurance, all that stuff there, uh, uh, waiting waiting in the wings for you. You know, you you know that you're necessary here. You know that. You don't have, and maybe if it's a job where you don't have to go get like reclassified every eighteen months to 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 stay on pace. So, you know, some young kid isn't going to come fresh out of college and replace you when you're thirty-five or something like that, and you're going to lose all those benefits. You got a job like that, and you and you, especially if you got a good relationship with your boss, or maybe you are a fucking boss. You know, mm-hmm. I can see that being very attractive, but I yeah, like being. I like a the lot freedom. of times when you work at a place for a long time, you build up skills that are specific to that industry or that company. And that company is like, God, you know, Kyle's got 12 years doing this. You know, Kyle knows how we work. Kyle knows what our traditions are. Kyle knows why we do things the way that we do. Kyle knows our business, our customers, our customers like Kyle. You know, it would be super hard to just swap him out with someone on the street who's also smart, but doesn't have his background. Even if we hired from a competitor, there'd be a lot of coming up to speed, you know, because we, we aren't the exact same as them. And, yeah, that gives you some job security, but we're we're actually all gearing up to go on a little work trip together. I, uh, I'm gonna do I'm doing that gun show in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you know we're all gonna go up there. I'm gonna get uh, the girlfriend to uh, work like the merchandise uh, table. They're giving me several tables at this gun thing, so I'm gonna have her work the merchandise. And uh, Kitty's Kitty will be there doing stuff, and I'll be there doing autograph signings. I think and uh, an appearance. Are you gonna do the accent all day? No, no, absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> Um, so that's going to be a thing we're right now we're looking for some sort of, what do they call it? I think they call it like a doggy, it's not dog daycare. It's like, they call it doggy daycare in my area. This is nicer than a doggy daycare, I think, because my girlfriend's dog is like really particular. Yeah. It's uh-huh. a, it's a dog resort. It's, uh, it's like <laughs> oh, that's 20, great. 22 bucks a day. She gets her own private room and her own outdoor space with a view of the woodland creatures. So uh, we're going to do that. I really, really love my girlfriend's dog. Um, it's a little Dotson, which is his weenie dogs. And, uh, I always thought they were just l- the lamest of dogs, but it's got so much personality. It's so intelligent. I feel like it's another little person. And, uh, it, it's, it started going on like car rides with me now. Like, like it sits in my lap and like, it wants to get its head up high enough to see where we're going and the people out the window. And I like that dog a lot. Lots of personality. That's cool. Yeah. I, I've, like you opened up to more dogs. Like it, in, I'm in um, the farming subreddit, right? Because you know I'm an amateur farmer, mm-hmm. and and uh, there's like a Friday dog farm dog thread, and it's just a lot of like like the kind of dog you might see in those agility competitions. They're I'm gonna make it up. Forty five pounds, all sorts of different fur. Some are labish. Some are like I don't know, things you might see herding sheep or something. 
And uh, these dogs just run next to the tractor all day. At 45 pounds, they could even sit in your lap uh, while you like hop on a gator or like a golf cart or a tractor. And uh, they just like they're the companion that they have all day. I love my big dogs, and it looks like we're getting another one soon. But uh, um, and and but they're just not agile enough. They can't hop on a golf cart with me. Dogs eight feet long. <laughs> You know, <laughs> like <laughs> that's ridiculous. But uh, oh, on dog talk, my my wife and I have been looking for a new dog, and uh, we checked out all the different breeds and everything, and we decided that Great Dane was right for us. We like the way that they're short haired. We like that they're big, and we like that they're lazy. Like that's that, and, and we like that they're athletic. They're both athletic and lazy, which is a neat combo to me. I love that the dog. You send them outside, they run around, they gallop, they cover so much ground. They're magnificent beasts. And then ten minutes later, they're passed out on the on the floor or the couch or something, and and they're lazy all day long. Great Danes are known as good apartment dogs, which sounds insane because they're so big, but they just don't require a lot of like you know, constant walking and everything. So, so we looked at all the breeds and decided that a great day would be a good pick for us. Also, Jack aside, you know, they're supposed to be really nice and gentle and everything. One thing we've learned with our past three dogs actually is that the expense isn't in acquiring the dog. It's like buddy has pills that were costing us like a hundred dollars a week or something crazy like that. Um, Jack had special dietary requirements or he would get bad skin. And we're just like, <coughs> we need a healthy dog. So we, Jack, he's been searching day and night pretty much since the day Jack died. And uh, we found one that we want. So it looks like next week we're getting a new dog. The one thing I don't like, he has cropped ears. And uh, it's not a That's choice. That's already done. Right? We didn't make the choice. But, you know... But you're financing the industry that does. <laughs> yeah, right? There's another cool thing, to me anyway. He's like three and a half months old. He's already oh. housebroken. And uh, I feel like at three and a half months old, we have a better feeling for what his temperament is like. You know, if mm. we had met Jack at a year old, for example, we would have been like, no, this dog wants to kill me. You know, like I can see that this dog has aggression issues and he's not the right pick. But we got him at eight weeks old and you didn't know who he was going to be. Uh, this dog will know who he's going to be a little better. We'll know what he looks like. We know what he looks like. And um, what's the coloration like? He's black. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's black. I bet that's going to be a really. How big's the uh, the father? They're. I don't mean to be a douche about this, but like giant. The mom is giant. The dad is giant. They're both literally like champion show dogs. Yeah, yeah. And that was my that was my thought. For, like, like, is this going to be like an average Dane, or is this going to be like a great Dane? <laughs> this, is, this is going to be a giant Dane. Um, oh, good. He, he's going to be large by Great Dane standards, and he's gorgeous. And uh, at three months old, he's already huge, and he's, uh, yeah. And his paws are all giant. You guys, you'll see him soon. We'll have him... I yeah, think she's... I, I want to see him a few times before he's big enough to kill. <laughs> <laughs> Come on over. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, and he'll be here for the Woodycraft team building event, which is interesting to me. We'll yeah. socialize him. Are but you going to film any of that? Video it? I haven't talked. I haven't thought that through. I, I don't know if I want it to get in the way or anything. Like mm -hmm. it is a serious. Yeah, I see your point. Yeah. But, um, but also, I know people would like to see it, and there might be some funny moments and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it could be good. Well, that's going to be good. And uh, that's, that's a pretty good choice on the dog. I still would lean towards some sort of a hybrid or something. I thought that idea sounded cool. Like when you were talking about like half St. Bernard, half Great Dane, 
lights, something uh-huh. like that, appealed to me. So, so that people look at it and they're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, I liked that idea a lot too. Um, Jackie was not down. And then one thing about going the whole purebred breeder route is we, we literally have like health certificate and inspections on both the parents and the child. And uh, we, we were just huge on the health thing this time. Like uh, Buddy had skin issues for so long. They kind of got better when we moved here, but he had skin issues for so long and it cost us forever. And, and he's always you know itching and scratching and whatever. Uh, Jack died early, which made us super con- conscious of like health issues and big dogs. And uh, Harley has a thing with her eye and her mother and her sister had to be put down for wobblers. So we fear that she's like a time bomb. But uh, uh, so that's why this time we wanted like known parents records of health on the parents you know like vets check them out and stuff like that so hopefully we're doing everything we can this time to get a healthy dog uh oh and for the rescue people we checked all the rescue dogs in the area and uh didn't see what we wanted so, they weren't up to snuff <laughs> uh yeah we wanted a big dog and uh and you know there were even a bunch of danes up for rescue and they were all bad they all had health issues or aggression issues or something. And it was like, no, I, I, we have done more than our share on the whole rescue thing. Uh, but um, yeah, Jack yeah, was a rescue. I, yeah, I don't like people who are like, all right, so, so I get that. It's a good thing to say to people like, hey, you should consider rescuing a dog. If, it's, if, you, if all you need is just a dog, if, mm-hmm. if, you're, if your goal is to get a 25-pound dog, then you really shouldn't go buy a Shih Tzu, you should, or, or whatever a twenty-five pound dog. Right. Shih Tzus are smaller than that. You really shouldn't go Corgi. buy a purebred dog. Or, yeah, just why don't you go get like some cute thing down at the pound that they're going to euthanize or otherwise. But you got something very specific that you want that uh, that you can't just go pick up at the pound. You want a fucking hundred twenty-five pound purebred monster that's got health papers. Yeah, so. that, that's it. And a purebred isn't even my thing. But it, we want. A big, healthy dog, and sense. I think big and healthy are kind of at opposing uh, ends. And by the way, he'll probably weigh like 150, 170, something like that. <laughs> he, I, we'll see, but he might be a big I boy. weigh 170. What the fuck? Dude, <laughs> this, I, I'll have to get the weight on his dad, see what that is. But um, That's yeah. That's well, I'm looking it, forward to seeing the dog. Be That'll boy. be good. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts about names? Yes. Um, Colin's naming him this time. So... Hope named Harley. Uh, she's a Harlequin Great Dane, which just means that she's like got that cow spotted pattern. And Hope named her Harley Quinn after the Batman character because mm-hmm. she's a Harlequin. Uh, I kind of named Buddy. Um, his, his name was already Buddy, so they stuck that with me because we decided to keep it. Jackie named Jack. And Colin's never named a dog, so he's naming him Enderman after the Minecraft character. Are you familiar with what an Enderman is? You've told me it's some sort of a monster. It's a black monster. Um, I bet uh, a lot of people listening have at least a visual idea of what an Enderman looks like. But uh, I'm sending you an image. He's a, he's a pretty cool monster. He can teleport and he hurts people. And uh, yeah, suddenly this seems like a bad name. But <laughs> whatever. He, we're naming our black dog after the black character in Minecraft. So Okay. <clears throat> and, well, that'll be uh, cool. Yeah, I think we're just gonna call him Ender, like around the house. But his full name will be Enderman Woodworth, I guess. Did you happen to watch uh, that movie Ender's Game, or maybe read the book? No. Ender's Game. It's uh, it's in the future, mm-hmm. and um, basically, there's this whole recruitment program that's testing and evaluating children 
um, to find like the world's best uh, military leader. They need a they need uh, some like super intelligent child to go like control this army to fight the aliens. Like mm-hmm. there's. Uh, I know that doesn't make a ton of sense, but like this is a very exceptional young man, and there's this whole process where like they tested all of his siblings, and it's a future where you're only allowed to have two children, and they allowed this family to have three, just just because just because they thought the you know genetically the, he was likely to be this genius kid, um, so he he's been going through this program his whole life to see if he could be the one. And he finally gets accepted to the program where he goes with all these other exceptional young children. And they're all training in uh, in a series of training things. Like there's stuff where they're in zero gravity flying around with laser guns. Uh, but there's also like a lot of tactical stuff where they're com- controlling computer simulations. And basically they're, they're, they're con- he's controlling these computer simulations. He's standing in – he's like a – like uh, what do you call it? The guy who at the orchestra, the conductor. Mm-hmm. It's like he's conducting a symphony, like controlling these troops, like touching the air, like one of those interfaces. It's a little like Gattaca-like gra- to me so far. Eh. Well, he's like grabbing these holograms, and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, these units here and these units there, and he's like controlling it. And the whole time he thinks he's preparing for the war, but it turns out at the end he's been fighting the war the whole time. They just didn't tell him, and he's completely annihilated all the all these peaceful aliens. That we're just trying to find a home. Well, for I was themselves. gonna watch it. Ah, no, nah, you don't watch it. It's not any good. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end, he realizes that he's like, uh, it's it's been a genocide. Like he's he's wiped them all out, and he's making this because he thinks it's a computer simulation. He's making life and death decisions. Like he doesn't give a shit because he thinks it's mm-hmm. a game. So like, there's one point where the aliens are gonna take out one of his like offensive weapons, and so he just steers another ship in between, and and like a thousand people get burned up because their ship takes the brunt of the force, and like. He thinks it's a game, so he's just going. And then at the end, there's this moment where he realizes what it is. And smart viewers know it go, going in. You're like, ah, oh, I bet this is all a setup. And uh, it's it's a it's an okay movie. It's it, it's it's kids, and and it's hard to do that. Harry Potter did it somehow perfectly, right. so that you can watch an eight year old on screen and relate to them. But this movie fell short. And you know the, who, the book's good though. You know, I I think I'm the only guy who doesn't like it. But did you see the Sandlot, the baseball one? Yeah, I liked that as a kid. I loved that. Uh, maybe I was too old for it, but it was awful to me. It, like the acting, the kids would all like scream and run somewhere, and they really seemed like kids playing. And I, I, I wonder if you watch it again and you're more critical of the actress' performance. I'm sure it would be that little redheaded punk. Yeah, <laughs> if you just be like, this is so stupid, and you know, we found ourselves in the greatest pickle. They, they were in like four or five pickles in that film, and I'm just like, fuck your pickles. Oh my god, yeah, the writing good. and acting is all bad. I. I didn't think Some of it as movies. a kid's movie. Like, you know, Stand By Me, the movie with the railroad and the dead body and the... Yeah, the three. there's like three or four guys that are all friends. Yeah, and they walk and they find a body. That to yeah. me isn't... It was starred children, but it wasn't a kid's movie to me. Like, it was a coming-of-age movie. That's what I thought The Sandlot was supposed to be too, but it was lame to me. If you're going to be commercially successful with, ch- with a mostly child cast, you've got to bridge that gap between uh, both audiences. Parents will bring their kids to watch something... But they'll wait for DVD if they're not going to be interested too. Most parents won't sit through a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Like that, that's why you look at all these Pixar films now, and there's lots of ad- adult jokes mixed in there. And they're for the parents who've got to sit right next to the kid who's laughing at the penguin. Yep, yep, yeah. You know, Frozen did it really well. A lot of movies, Pixar movies in particular, do it really well. They, they it's Disney's a story that well. parents ensure, enjoy. Does so. Disney own Pixar? Those are two separate things, right? Disney, Disney. I, I'm, I'm like 99 sure Disney's got their own animated division, and Pixar has theirs. I'm, yeah, they, they do. 
Yeah, because um, there's no fucking like Toy Story ride at Disney World. <laughs> so they bought Disney bought Pixar in 2006. I know that at first Pixar was an independent company. Steve Jobs ran it actually, and uh, they had a um, like an exclusive contract with Disney, and then it got re-upped. And apparently, instead of re-upping it the next time, they bought Pixar for 7.4 billion. Ah, that was that like two years ago or something. Um, or was 2006? Okay. I could yeah. I could try and look at this some more. Uh, it made Steve Jobs the largest shareholder. Um, Steve Jobs. Yeah, that guy. I, I don't. I don't know. It's a tough thing. Did Steve Jobs live a great life or not? I'm not sure. Nah, from everything I hear about Steve Jobs, he's just a real eccentric uh, weirdo. An who, asshole too. Who, 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 yeah, an asshole. He rubbed everybody the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even his hygiene. You know, they 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 say he didn't take showers for weeks at a time, and he'd just be a stinky, smelly guy. Just he was just gross. And uh, you know that cancer that he died of was completely treatable. Like they, especially with a man of his means, mm-hmm. like he could have gotten the chemo and the and the best surgeon in the world, and then I don't know, gotten some fucking human growth hormone, whatever rich people do. And you know it's true. You know that really wealthy, wealthy people. Have have there's like fountain of youth esque things that they can do, <laughs> like like we were talking about how how celebrities will get in shape for a movie the other day and how you know it's kind of a no I bet it's a no holds barred thing where they're doing all kinds of stuff if they can and will. I feel like it's the same thing for someone who's worth thirty billion dollars. I feel like if you're worth thirty billion, it might even be for the greater good to fix him. And and here's why: like let's say there's an, a trial, experimental drug trial, where they think <clears throat> this thing could fix you. You know, this is what it takes, this experimental drug. And normally it's a lottery to get in. But what if they say, look, Steve, if you contribute 500 million towards R&D, we'll get you in. He'd be like, how about I just buy your company? Fire you. <laughs> Put my guy in charge. <laughs> and then we sell the medica- medication at a profit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But it, it, I just feel like, you know, this is a guy I see what you mean. You know, who has the means to do some real good. You could demand it from him. And you know, let him you know, let him have your drugs. Well, uh, I, I, instead he went for didn't he go for some sort of homeopathic uh, treatments, some um, uh, some hippy dippy bullshit. I've heard that too. I, I haven't looked into it and found like reputable sources. And like you know, I've heard that it was treatable. I don't know how treatable it is or what stage it was caught in or all that funny stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I just know he was apparently a tyrant to work for. I know that he worked at Apple, liked it, got ousted, spent a decade like you know, scrambling, working at Next and shit like that. Um, then went back to Apple, had a huge, like, success story, got, became, you know, multi-billionaire. Apple became cooler than Microsoft, and, like, everything went his way, but he was also sick. He had a ton of personal trauma. I, I, mean, I mean, he probably lived an above-average life, but it was also not a smooth, happy one. Mm-mm. No, I, I doubt he was a happy guy. Yeah, I, I bet he's... He had a lot of bad days and bad years, and he he died at a fairly young death. I mean, yeah, forty people, or something, forty forty one maybe somewhere in there. I I want to say he's a good bit older than me. Oh, maybe so. He um, looked he looked terrible at the end. I saw yeah, I saw did. some photos of him without his hair and everything. I think, or maybe he was just lo- he wasn't mm-hmm. on chemo. I don't think, but it seemed like he had lost some hair. I just remember him looking like shit. He looked terrible. So he was born in fifty five, and he died in two thousand eleven. Oh. We're about a calculator to help me. 56. Six. Yeah, so 56 is... Uh, 
It's too young to die. It's anyway. too young to die. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The um, speaking of hippy dippy bullshit, I know Robin mm. Quivers from the Howard Stern show is doing this cryotherapy now, where they like she goes into a freezer naked and they basically just like chill her out really really cold for periods of time. I've seen that on YouTube. It people like it. I don't know. I, I here's my idea of it. I think it wakes you up. I think it like you walk in there and I don't know that it's much different than a really fast cold shower, but you go in there, they freeze you and you come out and you're like, whoa, <laughs> like a polar Whoa. bear. Yeah. Like, like, like jump in the ice water. Yeah. Like you jump in the ice water, you come out and you're just like, boom, like that just happened. You live your whole life in this like comfortable human habitable zone where you get into kind of a, like a blah sort of like you're coasting. And this, for a second, wakes you up. Shock and, to the system, you think? Yeah. And you come know. out of it like, oh, yeah, I just did a thing. I, I, I'm not, I don't know what the health benefits they're claiming. If they're claiming alertness and like a pick-me-up, <laughs> then I bet they're delivering. If they're saying that it fixes your arthritis, I bet it's crap. Yeah, I know um, she's always been into like hippy-dippy bullshit like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I know she was doing coffee enemas for a while. I'm not making this up. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they're they flushing her butthole with, with coffee. They're just injecting coffee into her ass. I'm, I'm sure it was warm. I doubt it was hot steaming coffee. Um, they, she, I know she did Hiawatha, I think. It's this uh, hallucinogenic drink you drink. I don't even know what they make it from. Some root or some tree. She had anal sex with a stranger in a bathroom. She had a, in her bathroom. Or no, in a... Like public bathroom, I think. Oh, I don't remember that story. I know she had anal sex with a guy she just had met at her home, bent over a sink or something like that. Oh, maybe I'm maybe I have it a little bit twisted. Yeah, because it's from her book. Ah, that's the one then. Yeah, yeah she yeah. had met the guy that day. She'd hung out with him a little bit. Talked. She was talking to him on the stoop of her house with some other friends. The other friends left. She asked him up, and uh, he just kind of took her there over the sink. From uh, what I remember. Uh, yeah, she was willing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah that was not rape. She her boobs are enormous they're, uh, they're are like they? a g-cup or something like that yeah mm -hmm. i like that show I, I was listening to it today he had uh dr ruth on you know that old oh, yeah. uh, Jewish she's sex still alive lady. still alive just came out with a new book uh they were discussing things like be bestiality and uh, 50 shades of gray and she'd be a good uh, pka guest it sounds like <laughs> terrorism and uh you know how does, it, she, how does she feel about chicken sex <laughs> She said, she said, I'm not a, vet, a veterinarian. <laughs> She's like, I leave it at that. Mm. Um, she, uh, you know, her, she lost her family in the Holocaust. She's, uh, you know, she moved to Israel. So it was, it was pretty cool. She, she had a lot to share. Howard Stern does great interviews. He's what I'm going to listen to after Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm going to get HD for my phone and I'll have it there. And that's what I'm doing next. Right now it's all about Game of Thrones, but... Like I said, come tomorrow, I'll only have like three hours left at the end of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're, we're closing in. He, he annoys me sometimes. Like, like she'll read the news. Like she'll, she was reading about how Rand Paul was filibustering the, the re-up of the Patriot Act. And he's like, I'm all for the Patriot Act. He's like, I want them looking into everything. Trust no one. And, it's like, and, and Robin's like, well, what about people's privacy? Blah, blah. He's like, no, we lost that. That's over. We don't have that anymore. They, they blew up some buildings. Like, and it's just like... Really? That's how you feel? And it must I'm sure it is. That's, that's what he does. I, that's a thing. So when I listen to, um, I don't know, I'll say Hannity, he's one. Rush Limbaugh, I think. There's another guy I'm thinking of in particular. He's only big on radio, not TV. Mark Levin? Nope. 
Uh, uh, he's a real booming voice. That doesn't really separate all the Republicans on radio. Um, uh, it is Sean not important. Handy. But um, anyway, this guy, uh, when, I, when I hear these guys, I think they don't always believe what they're saying. You know, Rush, Rush Limbaugh? Lim- uh-huh. Oh. Like, I, I've seen Rush Limbaugh, like, play vacuum cleaner noises and stuff when he talks about abortion. I suspect inside, a lot of times, they know that they're telling a very biased version of events. Mm-hmm. They know that what they're saying is sometimes untrue, that it's not as cut and dry as they say it is, that they're putting on a show, they're preaching to the choir. They're, they're talking to the people <clears throat> who literally want to believe that Obama's birth certificate is in doubt, right? And when these guys talk about such issues, it's an entertainment show, right? It's not news. It, 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 like, they have a good time saying, well, where are these documents? Where is this? And, and just, you know, f- flaming and trolling and such. I feel like Stern believes what he says, what he means, and means what he says. That's the difference. Like when, even if Stern says something crazy, it's because he has a crazy belief system. Mm -hmm. Uh, These other guys, it's because they make money being crazy. Yeah, he's neurotic, germaphobe, fucking uh, social anxiety, kind of a weird guy. You would, I would not want to be friends with Stern. Like, like I see people suggest he comes on our show. And those people are so, those are children. I shouldn't mm-hmm. read that because those, you're a child. You're a child. If you think that guy worth $500 million and it's about to increase, if you knew anything about him, period, like, like you'd know that that's a joke. He thinks podcasts are a joke. He thinks internet radios, uh, internet podcasts are just a complete laughing stock. He's, he thinks they're silly. He, he jokes about how everyone's got one, how it's so easy to, to get one, how it's amateur and unprofessional and like it's not part of his uh, business. He doesn't, he would not want you drawing comparisons between some sort of a podcast and what he's been doing for like 35 years. He, he doesn't like it. So you would have to point a gun at that man's head <laughs> to get him to like get on Skype on a computer <laughs> and talk. No, nah, that guy watches, he, he doesn't even use a big screen TV. He, he gets all of his entertainment from an iPad. He stays in his fucking multi-million dollar apartment with his gorgeous wife or at his, ha- or at his house uh, elsewhere. And he doesn't do much else. He doesn't go outside. He doesn't socialize with people. And he doesn't do anything. He's so recognizable. He can't go anywhere. Six foot six, ridiculous with that head crazy of hair. Crazy fro. Yeah. The, the nose. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's Howard Stern. Um, I suck at recognizing celebrities, you know, because when they're not in their like uniform, which is like dressed up, crazy, like you know, perfect hair with it. I, I would never pick out a celebrity at a restaurant and stuff. I'd just be the worst at it. But I'd pick out Howard Stern every time. Yeah. Some guys, Howard Stern, a couple NBA players. Um, it's just like, yep, that's totally the guy. That's Shaq. There's, mm-hmm. You know, there's no mistaking him. Yeah. There's no mistaking Howard Stern. Did you see Shaq's feet? There oh, was a thing recently. Yeah. His toenails were either painted or bloody. And there was like a, there was like a lady like uh, uh, giving him a pedicure, I suppose. But it must have been the first one in a long time. <laughs> and they were blaming it on basketball. They're like, yeah, that's what the NBA does to your feet. And I'm like, like really? They take your shoes off every night, cover them in filth, and hit them with a hammer? But I don't think so. Like, <laughs> For 10 years after you retire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that motherfucker should have, like, you know, I got broken toes that look a little weird, but, like, nothing like what he's got. Um, I'm looking yeah. up Shaq's pedicure. Oh, Maybe. yes, I found it. I think that one bends weird. Yeah, that one bends weird. Uh, I, let's see if I can 
get the camera to like point right at my toe. This won't be perfect, but I think I'll be able to share it is. this. It is. Check this out. Oh, no. I'm not sharing it, too. Uh, oh, there it is. So that's Shaq's foot, everybody. You can see what we're talking about. If you're a, Oh, if you're a Patreon, then you're, oh. you're, you're one of the sexy oh. people. All right. Here, so first of all, I, I hope they're painted. If not, that's disgusting. Someone should remove the the pinky nail like like that's just i feel like he needs like real work here now i see that his big toe has been broken that's what that bulge is about mm -hmm. but the nails should be fixed and he needs some moisturizer i don't it, it just doesn't have to be like that i'm sure it doesn't it, it i agree especially if you're shack i mean he's mm. it, even if he spent through all of that laker money or <laughs> you know he, he's he's a broadcaster he's 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 got a great job um he's making tons of money i'm sure He's he still totally making money, and his money's making money. You know, all he has to do is not, like, try to run through it. You know, because like he can live on his broadcaster salary, which I'm going to assume is a couple million, and be really happy. And uh, then his other money is just going to grow in the background, and he's he's fine. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely got fix those nasty ass feet money. <laughs> mm, yeah, those are bad. Well, you want to call it a show? I had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. That's a good one. All right. PKN episode 43. Uh, thank you, everyone. Double thank you to the Patreons who, uh, who make this all happen. So thanks.